0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believe.
1: Hey, Playmakers. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. We are excited for a new episode. We have a little bit of a different perspective this week, and we are going to toss it on over to her and let her introduce
2: herself. Hi, guys. Hi. My name is Molly McManamy. I am a sports agent, specifically an NFL player agent. I do have a couple other random clients that are not football players, but that's mostly what we represent over at my company. I'm at Carrick Sports Management. We currently have about 40 NFL players within our company, and that's kind of where we like to live. We don't ever really want to become one of the bigger agencies that you see out there, just... From the standpoint of our whole business model is based on personal attention and making sure all of our clients, clients' wives, girlfriends, moms, families, everyone has access to us at all times and they never feel like they're not being taken care of. 40 clients though is still a lot. So I'm also the vice president of client services, which pretty much just encompasses anything anybody would need day to day. So it can be Business-sided stuff like marketing and endorsement deals, but it's also just if someone needs to talk or needs me to help them with travel, you know, like Super Bowl week's a good example. I help, you know, if they aren't staying at the family hotel, I help them coordinate that. A lot of my job is just navigating things that I do all the time, but are unique to the specific player or family because they don't do all this stuff all the time. So I'm just kind of available as a resource at all times to our clients and their families and before becoming an agent i did go to law school at chapman university in california prior to that i was at cal state long beach long beach days more how people know it don't have a football team sadly <laughs> <laughs> but it's in the southernmost point of la mm-hmm. great experience there like i said i went to law school after So I called myself a professional student for a while. I was in (laughs) school for seven years straight. Oh my God. Um, And then started my career, luckily going into my last year of law school. So this is pretty much all I've done as a professional and it's a blessing and I absolutely love what I do. And I'm in Las Vegas now, I should say that. Which is great now that we have a football team because I get to travel a little bit less. It seems like more and more (laughs) NFL and college events are coming to Vegas. Mm -hmm. So yeah that's the the little Cliff Notes version.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I always think this career path is so cool because I guarantee you didn't go to law school and you're like, this is where I'm going to end up. This is what I want to do. So did you always have a love for sports or how did you find yourself in the middle of law school and you're like, you know what? I want to be a part of an agency and work in the sports industry. Yeah, it was actually
2: the opposite. So (laughs) when I was 19. So I grew up going to football games. I didn't have brothers or like a dad in the business. But my mom actually was just an absolute fanatic still is my dad loves it too. But my mom is like next level. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in Arizona, but we would drive out to UCLA for every home game, six hour drive. So that's commitment. And to this day, we still have season tickets. I don't get to go as much because of my job. Now I'm mostly at NFL games on the weekends. But Like next weekend I'll get to go, which is awesome because the NFL season hasn't started yet. Yeah. And I just fell in love. Like it was just what made me like it just was our family thing. I would go Mm to when I was in high school, it was funny. It would be high school game on Friday, we'd drive to UCLA on Saturday, and then I'd watch the Cardinals on Sunday. Oh my god. And I was just like obsessed. Like I just I I was like the remember the Titans girl in the stands (laughs) in high school. Like everyone would be like drinking and like show up drunk, and I'd be like, I'm here to watch the game. Uh I actually am like tuned in. And yeah, so I just love the sport. And then when I got to college, I didn't go to college with the intent to be an agent, but I always kind of had law school in the back of my mind. And I met my dad's corporate attorney at the time when I was about 19. I think I was a sophomore. And I said, I love football. I want to be a lawyer. What can I do with the two? And she's like, well, a lot of agents are lawyers. And it literally was just like, click. All right, great. Went Mm -hmm. home, Googled how to become an NFL agent and never looked. Wow. However, midway through law school, I got caught up in that law school bubble of everyone doing legal jobs. And although you use your law degree as an agent, it's, it's just not traditional law. So I kind of just like let go of the dream. I hate to say, because I was just like, this is just not practical. You can't find internships and it just didn't seem realistic. Mm -hmm. And so I pursued a uh, more of a career in public interest. I was the public defender for a little bit in law school and did some nonprofit work with veterans, all very rewarding stuff. And I still like would do that if this all didn't work out. But by the grace of God, my boss reached out to me actually going into my 3L. I have no idea how he found me, no idea who told him about me. We don't know any of that. <laughs> he just says like, your name was on my desk. Someone gave me your name. I kept meaning to reach out to you and I was ready to hire someone and I thought it was fake. He DM'd me on Twitter and this oh was God. 2015. So this is a long time ago when like, you know, yeah. it just wasn't as right. common to like make connections on Twitter. And I thought it was fake. I Googled the company and the website didn't work at first. I was like, of course it's fake. Like this isn't real. <laughs> and then luckily I thought to refresh and it was real. And my boss is just the greatest guy and such a great mentor. So I'm so lucky. I get told all the time, like at the combine and by other agents and agencies are just like you're just so lucky you work for Steve Carrick and I know I am so I actually like it was like almost like God was like no you're gonna do this yeah. like I'm gonna enforce this and you're not gonna <laughs> deny it or think it's not possible and then I just never looked back after
1: that. That's, That's awesome. so cool. Oh, my gosh. I love your story because when I was younger, I really wanted to be an agent, but I would never go to law school. So I was like, nope. not." <laughs> and you don't have to. The contract part, I was like, I just, not for me. <laughs> it's
2: just not <laughs> for me. Skip that part. I was like, I love sports, but mm, no, can't do that. I would argue that being married to a player coach is very similar. So you're kind of doing true. it. Yeah. That's and you're, true. And a different, you're just not paid for it. Yeah. So you're actually more admirable than I am. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I always say I'm like, I'm his office manager. I'm yes. like, House operations manager, office manager, yes. like day-to-day assistant, all the things. <laughs> that's so funny.
1: So when you first started in the industry and you kind of were thrown into this new world, what was something that was shocking about it? Just the like
2: realness of it. You know, there's mm-hmm. really not a lot that's glamorous about yeah. this job or this world. Like, It's funny talking to you guys today because I just spoke with a couple women who are married to MMA fighters. And then obviously I know all of my wives and girlfriends and the perception outside of this business just cracks us up Mm -hmm. because people just see the photos from the games on Saturdays and Sundays. They don't see what happens the rest of the year or the uncertainty and just the stress and everything. And it just really like, once you see the business, you can't kind of unsee it. Mm -hmm. And so you'd never really become a fan again. And that was probably the most shocking thing was like, football, my love of football is what got me here. But football kind of has nothing to do with it. If that makes sense. Like, it's really a people job. Mm -hmm. And it's a relationship job. And there's just so many other things. And the contracts, even like people think NFL agent like you were just saying you think contracts and Mm -hmm. it's like the smallest part of my job Yeah. especially in this sport just because most of the time you know a guy only does two or three in a career if he's lucky more but you know once they get towards the end of their career you're it's very easy and for Mm -hmm. a lot of guys it's very easy because they're not making the money that you hear about in the headlines they're the middle class or the you know, the guys who are kind of journeymen.
1: Right. And
2: they're signing one year deals and they're for league minimum. And there's not a lot of negotiation in that. That's more just about getting them the job. So I think the shocking thing is just realistic day to day what it actually is more than just like what you think it's going to be from the movies and TV and just your idea in your head.
3: Yeah. Yeah, with clients, you said that you have 40 total. So with that, you get to be very selective with who comes into your group, which I feel like that's a very Mm -hmm. family oriented atmosphere. So how does someone get to be a part of the group? So is it just by word of mouth? Or is it you reach out to them? How does that process usually work?
2: Yeah, we like our business model is basically based on referrals. So someone in the business, and it can be just like a scout or a coach in the league that knows us and knows how we operate and, and we trust their opinions. So it's not just, you know, client to client or client's family. It's, it's just people around the league, it's clients, it's other people in the business, financial advisors, that type of stuff. We're really proud of the reputation that we've built with that. In that people kind of know if someone signs a character sports, they have a certain personality, they're a leader in the locker room, they're come to work and act like a pro. Um, they're honest. They, all the things that we think make you successful to not just get to the league, but stay in the league. Mm-hmm. That's what we look for. And then on top of the football stuff, just being a good person, because as you guys know, like this, this job kind of doesn't shut off. So right. if I'm going to be, available to you 24/ 7 and miss things with my family or make sacrifices that are difficult it's a lot easier to do if I do it for someone I like yeah, <laughs> and yeah. someone that I know appreciates it so that's the why behind our character prioritization we have but then the how is just yeah like you know if we have a client that came out of we'll use Wyoming since we were talking about Morgan yeah. if someone comes out of there and they like us and we like them then they're more inclined to be like hey, I played with this guy. I think you guys should talk to him. Then he'll talk to the player and say, you should talk to my agency. And then it's kind of an organic Mm -hmm. relationship that starts. And when you have someone in common, it's a lot easier to say, okay, if we both get along with this person, we, we probably have some of the same values and it's worked for us. We don't get fired. We don't have a lot of turnover. And we like that again, it's a relationship thing. So we want this to be a forever thing. Even after their careers, we want to be friends with them and help them with whatever we can and It's just like any friendship relationship. If you have common values, that's just a lot easier. Yeah.
1: You kind of mentioned that you have some people that maybe are like newer in the NFL, making league minimum and things like that. Do you feel like there's a huge transition for them from college
2: to NFL? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about one of my clients the other day. He's going into year three and he's just turning this corner of just total professional like maturity in Mm -hmm. the sense that he understands now how this league works. And he understands that it's not fair and no one's loyal and all those things, but then shows up to work anyway and works his butt off and knows he has to be the first one and the last one out. All those little things that we know make a successful career, especially for the guys who aren't maybe the top of the top talent wise. Right. Those are the guys who really need that guidance of like, okay, now you're pro. This is what, this is what you need to do in order to be successful in order to make the coaches love you and you to stand out. There's a lot of guys that make it in this league just because of that. Like they're, if all things are equal and maybe a guy's a tiny bit more talented than you, but he's not great in the locker room and he, they have to worry about his off the field stuff. Like the guy who shows up and not only does it for himself, but mentors other people in that sense is going to have a space on the team because they want professionals. Well, most teams prioritize that and they want professionals and they want that type of culture in their locker room. And so that alone is just like another tool in their toolbox that they'll have to make their career longer and more fruitful. So we spent a lot of time with that, like bridging that gap of getting them ready for not just the physical, like, yes, you have to be good on the field, but this is what you need to expect when you get into the locker room there and I think that's a huge part of being an agent that gets overlooked is we're your advisor like we do again we do this every year so we know the ins and outs and these guys don't and 21 22 is so young yeah so young (laughs) I have to remember that sometimes too like they're very young and give them some grace but also like be the person that will be honest with them
1: yeah yeah for sure
3: Yeah, I feel like with uh, the NFL, just industry in general, you hear a lot of stories of just people that are brand new to the league. They come in and there's like this chip on their shoulder. So I feel like that mentorship is so, so important. And with that, significant others have a huge role. I will say, in <laughs> yes. making decisions. We're trying to toot our own yes, horn or anything. I am. <laughs> I'm adding it in there. <laughs> they have a huge say and place in making decisions or helping their significant other be successful. And so with that, how do you and your role play with the significant others? How do they tie together?
2: Oh, I mean if you do it right, they should be your best friend. Like Mm -hmm. I am so close to a lot of our wives and girlfriends or anybody that's like really like the, like guys who aren't married or don't have girlfriends, like whoever's kind of like the pushing force in their life who Mm -hmm. like, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term, like gets, gets ish done, (laughs) you know, for them, which is usually the wife or the girlfriend. And I think early on, I was a little bit nervous about how that dynamic would be because now I'm 31, but when I started, I was, you know, 25 and I was young and I was like, are they gonna wanna be friends with me? Are they gonna think this is weird that I'm a woman? But really, I leaned into that because I understood that we have a lot in common and we're, we all have the same goal. And so, what we try to do is create that relationship and that trust so that if the wife or the girlfriend needs clarity on something or they're they're going through a tough time like they can come to us rather than their husband and so he can focus on the field and we can help the family through whatever they need on their end and so I've really spent time investing in those relationships because it really just it's one of those things that if everyone is working together it's going to be more successful And I want them to know that I'm in their corner and that I can help them with anything and they don't have to tackle everything at home by themselves. Like I'm here for them, whether it's with their kids or anything that's going on that will make their lives easier and therefore make the player's life easier, which is good for all of us. If the client can focus on football, we're all going to make more money. But like I said, it's a relationship business. So ultimately, like it just because I've found that being closer to the family and having that relationship just makes this more rewarding. Right. Like, I had a guy last year, he was in year three, and for the first time in his career, he put a uniform on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, that's everyone thinks of like the Super Bowls and the Pro Bowls, but like sitting there with his fiance now, who I've known since he signed with me in 2019 and his family, and seeing them like legit cry mm-hmm. when they see him on, like, because I have that relationship with them, we all are experiencing that moment together. Yeah. And it's just, it's not about the money in that moment. It's not about anything except for just like caring about people and then seeing those people you care about succeed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. I feel like it's so important actually that you are a woman because being Mm -hmm. that significant other, you want someone to talk to about all these things that you're going through. And, you know, a lot of times I'll tell my fiance and it's like, okay in one ear out the other even though it does affect him you know in some way he knows that I'm just gonna like figure it out and so I think having that relationship with you is probably really important to them as well because they do have someone that's gonna listen to them and understands from like a woman perspective like the things that are kind of important versus, like, guys, I swear, they'll just, like, they would live in a cardboard box and, like, be totally cool, like most of them, you know? they so like, simple. Yeah, yeah. they're so just like, simple. it's fine, you know? We don't think about schools for our kids, or we don't think about having to, you know, pack up my whole house, like, different things like that. So <laughs> yes. we, we handle all that, and I think it's probably super important for them to have you as well. But my fiancé's agent travels so freaking much. Do you have to travel to, like – all
2: of your clients and see them throughout the season as well, like all their games. Yeah. So when the season starts, I'll probably be at an NFL game basically every weekend, if not more than one, because sometimes we'll hit Thursday or Monday night games and a Sunday game. And that's again, part of who we decided to be as an agency early on, because a lot of agents will sign a client and then the draft is really exciting. They'll be there for them then. And then they just kind of disappear. And on the same kind of note as being a confidant and being available to the wives and the fiancés and the girlfriends. It's also the same thing for the clients. Like if yeah. I'm present, I'm more likely to spot the red flags or something's off in those moments than if I'm not there, because like you just said, men are not as likely to pick up the phone and talk about their emotions mm-hmm. and tell me if something's going on. I usually have to pry that out if I'm via text or on the phone, but if I go see them, like that's when they'll open up to me. And I want them to feel everyone knows I'm just being in person. is just a different thing. And again, that's the rewarding part of our job is those moments. And it is a ton of travel for very little time with the guys. Like if they can't have dinner with you the night before, which they usually can, they can't, you see them for 20 minutes after the game, if they're the away team, (laughs) And then they're out and then you're like, okay, cool. That was fun. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> and that's, that's a big reason we, we cap where we want to be with our client yeah. list because you only get to see them a couple of times as it is. So I don't ever want to get so big to the point where I can't do that. So it's like a double edged short. I get very exhausted during the season from the travel, but it's the best part of my job because I actually get to physically be there with the guys. And I love that aspect. And it's, it gets harder. I feel like as I get older, because I don't have a family or anything, but I have a dog. And even that is like hard to leave. And and you just get tired and you're just like, this is a lot. I still wouldn't trade it for anything. Cause it's part of that reason I wanted to do this is I wanted something that took me on the road and, and then recruiting when we're trying to get the clients for the next season. I mean, I'm going to random cities in the country. I mean, I've been to the Dakotas multiple times. I would never have gone there. I've been to (laughs) Dubuque, Iowa. Like I've been, places I would never go. Yep. And I personally love it. Like my boss makes fun of me. He's like, you think every city's cute? Like you, you like everywhere. And so he'll send me to like the little towns I'm like, well, you'll think it's cute. So you'll have fun. And I always do. Cause it's so different from where I'm, I live. Yeah. And I love that. I have an excuse to go to Dubuque, Iowa and do random things like that. Like I went to Waco this summer and like the you know, coffee shops and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is just so different than Vegas. Right. I love it. So it's a double edged sword for sure. I'm exhausted all the time, but I still like, I still get butterflies sometimes, you know, like walking into the stadium and being like, this is what I, this, I'm, I'm working right now and I'm at a football game. Yeah, like, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool.
3: Yeah, with the industry being in, I feel like it's primarily male dominant with being agents. So when you first started off doing this job and role and just really entering into the beginning of this entire journey, did you feel a little bit intimidated that you probably were one of the very few females at the time in the industry? And have you seen that grow? So with emails being more present, or do you feel like there's still a lot of room for growth with that?
2: I would say both. Um, it's super male dominated. So the numbers are, I think there's close to, maybe there's a thousand, it's usually around 900 to a thousand agents certified. So you have to take a test. So you have to have an advanced degree. So you have to have at least a masters, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you have to take the test at the NFLPA. And then every year you have to pay your dues and pay your insurance, which alone is like maybe three, $4,000. And then on top of that, in order to keep your certification, you have to, have a client sign a contract within three years. So there's a lot that goes into being able to just like even beyond that list. And so there's usually like 900 there's, you know, some attrition. And I think last time I checked, there was like 45 women certified. So that's not even like, that's just the women that are certified. It doesn't mean they have a client and then there's like less than 20 that have a client on our active roster. Wow. Yeah. So the last time I checked, I had the second or third most of all the women, which should be like an exciting thing for me to say, but it's actually really sad. Yeah. Like I looked at the list and there's a website that puts out a list of all agents that have at least 10 clients on an active roster. There's three women on it and there's like, you know, a hundred something men. And it's just like, it's exciting in the sense that, you know, my friend Nicole, she's had multiple first round picks and I've seen, Kaitlyn Aoki have first round picks and Kimmy Alley have first round picks. Like there's so many splash things that have happened, but the overall numbers have not only just been stagnant, they go, they decrease wow. frequently. And it's sad because like we were just talking about, there's so many benefits to women being in this position. Mm-hmm. And I truly think that when I decided to finally lean into all the things that make me a woman and my femininity and all these really great, qualities that women have that's when I actually found more success rather than trying to like be one of the boys and yeah and be just like them when I was like I'm a woman I'm just gonna like dig into that totally that's when my career actually took off and it felt better it felt more authentic I didn't have to try so hard because I just realized like I wasn't God didn't bring me to this industry to be like the guys Mm
1: -hmm. and then
2: give these guys the same option they've had for the last 50 years. Like I'm here to give them a different option and that's not going to be for everyone. And I'm okay with that. That's great. I'm going to be for the people that I'm here for. And Mm -hmm. if I'm not showing up as myself, then they're going to miss me. So I was like, you know what? I'm a woman. I'm here. I'm going to just be a woman and I'm going to act my age. Like all the things that you kind of think you shouldn't do. And I wish more women would see that and realize you shouldn't come into this industry in spite of it. You should be, come here because of that like we just because most of them are really close to their moms or their wives or their girlfriends or their sisters someone there's usually a woman in their life that is really who they lean on and when they're around us they feel that same kind of bond and energy and we, we need more of it so I wish the numbers would grow more but Sadly, they're, they're pretty stagnant.
1: I know. That's such an amazing perspective, though. I feel like, you know, the more that you get the word out about that, the more that, you know, younger women can kind mm-hmm. of find that this might be the path that they need to be on and things like that. Like, I feel like it's just not talked about enough and maybe not a career option that a lot of people think about when they're going to school. You should just go talk to your law school go back to law school. So <laughs> yeah. talking
2: to all the women, say, don't do this. Do this instead. Yeah. And it's possible. Like, I'm not doing anything revolutionary. Like, there's nothing special special about me in the sense that like, I just didn't give up and I just Mm
3: -hmm. found
2: someone who supported me. And that's a big thing too. Like we, I do talk to a lot of women, but I'm trying now to also focus on talking to more men Mm -hmm. in the business because they're the gatekeepers. Like they're the ones that can decide if they're going to hire a woman or mentor a woman. I'm where I'm at because my boss, he tells me all the time, he's like, I didn't even think about the fact that you're a woman. You were just good. You were just good at your job. (laughs) Like that was it. Yeah. And I love that he's actually been really good about teaching me to like, not focus so much on that. And he's like, you're not a good woman agent, you're a good agent. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what he wants people to see is like, yes, I'm a woman, but he wants people to realize like, I'm not, I'm not here to fill a quota or like to make him look better that he hired a woman like I'm just here because I do a good job. And he's like, you're one of the good young agents coming up in this business because you, you do the work and you do your job and you're good at it. And I want more men who have the power to hire women in this business Mm -hmm. to realize that because there's a lot of women wanting to do it, but they get very discouraged very quickly, rightfully so. More men need to be like my boss and be like, you know what, I'm just going to hire the best person. And if that's not a woman, that's fine. But if, when it is like, at least give it a shot, because we're doing it, and we yeah. do have a good job. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was like, what a wonderful boss. Yeah, he like, sounds awesome. incredible.
3: Is he hiring? Yeah. I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to touch base on your podcast that you just started. So that's super inspiring that you got this motivation to start something new. So tell us a little bit about it, and we want to hear how you got
2: the inspiration. Well, I have so much respect for you guys. I mean, the amount of work that goes into it, especially you guys do it on your own like this. I invested in studio time because I knew with my job and my schedule that I just needed to be able to show up and leave and not have to worry about yeah. any of the tech side. I basically just get the files and then I have to upload them myself and that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> so nice. Brittany wants that. Yeah. <laughs> so jealous. It's it's an investment for yeah. sure, but I'm hoping that like I'll see it on the other side. But it's it's called Where You're Planted. And I grew up in the church and that has always been a part of my life and my job, but I had a moment. In 2019, I went through a program at church. I just finally was like, you know what? I'm sick of doing this halfway. I'm just going to dive in and like really see where God takes me when I give it all to Him. And I got baptized at the end of that program, and everything in my life kind of changed. And it sounds, you know, cliche, but it was like this surrender of my ego. And I just leaned into like what God has for me. I was like, I don't care about. Cause this is an ego driven business. Like there's a lot of lists out there. There's a lot of accolades and things that you could get caught up in first round picks, the people that have, you know, the blue checks and stuff. there's just so much ego. Yeah. And I was just exhausted trying to keep up with that. And it was like, God was like, just stop, like, please. Mm-hmm. And the second I did it for God. And I leaned into my purpose more than my like human side, wanting to fulfill my ego and hit these numbers and stuff, everything clicked. Like I got my first draft pick and then just things started flowing. And I just fell in love with this idea that like, take any job or anything in your life, whether it's being a spouse or, you know, things that happen in your family or, Anything in your life can become your ministry. Mm -hmm. And I, when I decided to like be where I was and at the same time I decided I was going to love living in Vegas and then everything started clicking here. It's just this like total shift of surrender that really changed my, my life. And I'm inspired by people who do the same and to really lean into like the seasons of life that God has them in and figure out how to use that as their ministry. Mm -hmm. And I was asking people questions all the time. I love hearing people's stories. I was searching for podcasts where other people were telling their stories. And I I just was like, I'm just going to start this because I want this to be out there for myself selfishly. But I think other people need to hear these stories. So it's called where you're planted just because it's about people being where they where they are and growing where God sends them even when it's uncomfortable or it's not what they have planned. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited about it. Going to have a lot of hopefully sports people on it as well because again, like we said at the beginning There's so much misconception about what this life is actually like. Yeah. So I want to tell those stories for sure.
1: Yeah, we actually talk about being where you're planted or where your feet are and Mm -hmm. kind of diving into that a lot on our podcast just because, you know, you are sent to a lot of different places that you would never expect. Mm -hmm. Just like you are as well in the industry, a lot of different places that, you know, you never – thought you would ever want to go, but then you're there and you have to figure out why you're there and what the purpose is. So love that perspective and love that you've started a podcast. That's really cool. It's hard work, but it's definitely fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we asked this question at the end of every single interview. And if you could go back in time and tell your younger self one thing that you know now, what would you say?
2: You are enough and you are capable. Basically, everything that you need, you already have. It's just about convincing yourself that that you're who you need to be in that moment. I again I tried so hard to fit into boxes whether it was trying to mimic what my boss did or I would look at other people and you fall into those comparison traps and chase the wrong things in this business and in life but just knowing like you're so unique and what you bring to the table is so special and you have to show up authentically as yourself because the world needs you. This business needs me in particular. It doesn't need me trying to be my boss or me trying to be another woman or whatever it is. Like this world needs me. And I owe that to the world so you show up just authentically as myself. And just remember that you're not going to be for everybody. And rejection is just redirection to the right thing.
1: I
3: love
2: that. That was a good answer. Yeah,
1: Yeah,
3: that was really good. (laughs) Well, thank you, Molly, for coming on. We really appreciate you sharing your story and a, a little glimpse into your lifestyle and what you do day to day. And we
1: just really appreciate you coming on our show.
2: Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates.
3: If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform.
1: See you next time.